Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Love Curvy Yoga. Thank you for joining us again this week. Um, And thank you for sharing and subscribing. If you haven't done that, pause and go do it right now. (laughs) Uh, We love having you join us every week. And I am just going to jump right into my practice notes for the week. Um, If you listened to last week's episode, you know that we had yoga teacher training in Nashville last week. And one of the amazing things for me is that, you know, in spending the couple weeks before reviewing the materials, um, sometimes as a teacher, you like forget about certain poses, <laughs> um, or they're just not ones that are, you know, in your repertoire that you use very often. And I honestly, I used to teach supported bridge all of the time and I don't so much anymore and I don't know I don't know why but we did a couple supported bridges last week with blocks under the sacrum and I'm telling you what <laughs> It just feels so good. So my practice notes this week are very literal, nothing off the mat, just that a supported bridge feels amazing. And also that it's important to um, like keep a good rotation of poses and not to forget uh, things that feel really great. So I actually thought about supported bridge all day today and will very likely do it as soon as I'm done doing this. So if you're not familiar with it, Google it, find a picture, do it safely. Um, You can do it with your block on any height that feels appropriate to your body. Um, It's really, it's just great. I just love it. (laughs) So those are my practice notes for the week. Um, And we are going to jump right into Corner of the Curve. Anna and I had... um, the opportunity and the privilege to talk to curvy yoga teacher, Carrie Helton. We love her. If you know her, you love her. She is hilarious. I mean, she's so funny and um, she's just a great person and we loved having her in YTT. Um, Yeah, she's just great. And so I'm excited to share her with all of you. So here we go. Hi, everybody. Liz and I are here with Carrie Helton, who we are really excited to be talking with. Carrie is based in Greensboro, North Carolina, and she was a student in our fall 2014 yoga teacher training. So she's already been done for almost four years. Hard to believe. Amazing. So when we asked Carrie for her bio info, she gave us so many good details and we want to share hers and then also our own. So <laughs> Carrie shared that her star sign is Sagittarius. Liz, what are you? Libra. I am Aries. <laughs> um, Carrie, what's your Hogwarts house? Um, I'm a full-on Ravenpuff. Nice. <laughs> so that means I'm really book nerdy, but I'm also like super warm and friendly. Okay, so true confession, Liz and I did not know what ours were, but we both took the, a quiz. <laughs> so mine was the same as yours, Carrie, which does not really surprise me and at all. Liz, what was yours? I'm Hufflepuff, and I don't know what that means, but I'm going to go with it. <laughs> Carrie, what does it mean, Hufflepuff? That means you're super friendly, super loyal. That's not um, just like you. 
false and, news. And no, false okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Carrie's Myers Briggs is INFP. Do you know what yours is, Liz? Um, I don't know. I took Myers Briggs probably almost twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what I had for breakfast this morning, so I definitely <laughs> don't remember that. And we did. I didn't have enough time to take a quiz, but I'm going to. Um, I'm going you're to. definitely an E, I would think, at yep, the beginning. I don't know what the rest are. I like that. Um, that I'm INFJ. <laughs> you guys are very similar people. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. No, I'm not surprised you guys. <laughs> Um, so Carrie, what's your Enneagram? I'm a big old nine. Nice. What is that? What is that one? The nine maker, the peacemaker. Yes. Always trying to, always trying to get harmony with all the people around me, um, which can, you know, go into being a a people pleaser and can have its negative consequences. But, um, on, on the good days, it's, it's, a very harmonious kind of personality. Yes. Yeah. What's your, what is your, Oh, do you know what your wing is, Carrie? Oh, um, <laughs> I think, I think I used to be more of a one, which is the okay. perfectionist. Yes. And I've been trying to not be so much. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm leaning more toward the two, but, um, honestly, I forget what the two is. I have a book. Well, I'm a two. Ah, well, that's where two is the helper. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So another true confession, I have taken the Enneagram test. I would say no less than 25 times. And you don't need a test. You're a one. (laughs) (laughs) I always get one or nine and I'm like, I don't know which one I am. But then, yeah, Liz told me I'm a one and I'm like, I'm just going to go with it. (laughs) Yeah. I think you're a one. I can see that. You know. (laughs) And and you really you can be whatever you want to be, Anna. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I told Liz the fact that I can never figure out what mine is probably reveals what mine is. <laughs> right. You know, I actually I read once that if um if you can see yourself in all of the different numbers, you're probably a nine. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's so interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have That's to take it for the 26th time and see. <laughs> Either way, like if you are a nine, then you have a one wing. Yeah. For sure. For that sure. Makes sense. <laughs> okay. And Carrie, you said that your numerology is five. I did not have time to take a quiz on that. I do not know what mine is. I did. I took a quiz. I'm a one. I don't know what that means, but I'm definitely not going to do anything for the rest of the day and figure out what it means. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what your five means, Carrie? Oh, you know, I don't remember, but I do know that since I found that out, um, I've seen fives show up in some unlikely places. Oh, interesting. But of course, that's also like, you know, when you first buy a Honda Accord, you look around and, and every, everyone has, has it. Yeah, that's so, true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so who knows? But <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing all of that. That was very that fun. Was fun. Yeah. <laughs> When I told Liz, we were both just like, oh, my gosh, this is so great. <laughs> what what she's not telling you is that when she said it, I was like, we were on the phone. We recorded another podcast earlier. And she was like, well, just do you need some time to prepare for Carrie? And I was like, I need some time to go take some quizzes. <laughs> 
Actually, the way you said it was, oh, I have to go do something. And I thought you were going to say, like, I have to go pay a bill. The way that you said it was very, like, I have something urgent to do. And then you said, I have to go take a Hogwarts quiz. (laughs) And I'm so glad I did. (laughs) I was like, I guess I should, too. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Did you take – was yours 12 questions? Did we take the same quiz? Probably, yeah. Mm -hmm. I just did the first one I saw. Me too. All right, everybody. So here is the rest of Carrie's more official bio info. <laughs> so she has been doing yoga in some form or another since 1999. And her physical practice has been on again, off again the entire time. And she has finally realized that that is just fine, which yes. I love. And we're going to ask you about. Carrie is a Curvy Yoga certified teacher where she lives in Greensboro, like I mentioned, with her son, Brian, her her husband, Brian, her son, Ben, sorry, Brian, and her boss, Interior. So she currently is not teaching group classes, but is available for private and small group classes by appointment. And Carrie works in marketing and communications and is attempting to write a mystery novel. So awesome. Fun. So yay. Welcome, Carrie. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Well, we're so happy you're here. <laughs> All right. So let's jump right in. And I think this is tied into what you shared in your bio about realizing that it's fine for your physical yoga practice to be on again, off again. So the question is, what did the idea of yoga practice mean to you when you first started practicing in the late 90s? And then what does it mean to you now? Oh, wow. Okay. So when I first started practicing, um, it was at a, a fitness club mm-hmm. uh, or gym, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> whatever those, whatever the kids call it these days. It was, at yeah. a gym. it was, it was a very nice gym though. Um, and so I had this vision that it was going to be like this chill. We're just going to sit around and stretch and look at candles class. And it turned out to be a power yoga class, Mm. which should have turned me off, but didn't quite. (laughs) Uh, But it was uh, just not for me. Um, But I kept going back and I didn't really have the feeling at that point that it had to be a daily practice. Mm. I, but I did feel like it was a much more athletic practice than something that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, the one thing that kept me coming back was that after practice, I had this light, floaty feeling. Hmm. And, yeah. right, having like zero athletic bones in my body, I was never a runner or an athlete or anything. Right. That runner's high that people write about. And yeah. I, I assume they're not lying, but I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> But I was like, oh, maybe this is like that endorphin rush that people talk about. This is kind of cool. I can Mm -hmm. come back to it. And then what helped you into that idea of it being okay that your practice is on again, off again? Um, I think just the fact that I've drifted away from it so many times um, and come back to it. And every Mm. time I've come back to it, as a physical practice, it's been something a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. Body different. Um, sometimes the class, it's the class itself or the studio or the teacher's different, but no matter what it is, 
like I find a way to kind of meet it halfway. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love that. That's so good. So what would you say that your real life yoga and or body acceptance practice looks like? Um, well, one thing I noticed really quickly when I started doing yoga is I, once I started learning about Ujjayi breath, mm-hmm. which I didn't even know that that was the name for it, but I knew it was some sort of yoga breathing. Um, and, and if you're listening and you're not familiar with the Ujjayi breath, it's like the, um, you're breathing in and out through your nose, but you're constricting your throat. So it sounds kind of like the ocean a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I would find myself doing that if I was in a moment of stress yeah. or <laughs> like I had braces in my twenties and, um, I had some really painful braces adjustments. And so I would <laughs> find myself doing the Ujjayi breathing during that almost like, Almost like, a, I guess, a woman in childbirth. Like, you know, I didn't know the childbirth breathing, but I knew Ujjayi breath. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. I would use that to kind of, like, manage the pain. Um, and so that was one of the first things that where I found yoga kind of helping me off the mat. Um, these days, yeah, I st- <laughs> I'll, I'll still break out with, with some uh, breathing practices or just a short moment of silence, meditation, kind of get myself together. Um, And one of the things, especially that I found with the on the mat practice that translates to off the mat is paying attention to what's going on in my body and in my mind. Mm. Yeah. Like slowing down, noticing what's, what's happening And then saying, okay, what do I need right now? Because I've learned that every time I'm on the the mat, my body's different, right? Situation's different. So learning that, you know, it's okay to slow down, Mm. figure out what I need, and show myself some compassion. Yeah. Um, And, you know, maybe bust out and do a quick down dog. Yeah. (laughs) Or a forward fold in the elevator constantly. (laughs) Yes. I'm a forward folder too, usually in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) So I think you have just been touching on this, but it'd be interesting to hear you expand on it. How would you describe what yoga off the mat looks like for you? Um, well, like I said, you know, on the mat with the paying attention to what's going on in my mind and body, the same thing applies off the mat. Um, just understanding that everything is kind of all, situations are temporary. Mm. Our bodies are changing. Our situations change. Everything is kind of a season. Um, and not only stopping and noticing when I might need something. So noticing if, if, if things are not great and need an adjustment, but also stopping and noticing when things are good. Mm. Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't do enough of that. And we certainly don't hear about it that often. Yeah. That's so important. I love that. So what has surprised you most about working with your own body acceptance? Oh boy. Um, (laughs) I can remember being in college and I was starting to gain some weight 
and literally telling myself mentally, like, okay, something's going on with your body, but let's not worry about that right now. Let's put that off. We'll, we'll deal with that later. Let's just focus on the mental, get through college, you know, fi- fi- finish strong. We'll, we'll worry about the whole body stuff later. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. And so I'm 42 and I, ju- I caught myself having that exact same thought the other day. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, Oh, you know, I've got a pain right here. Oh, well, I'll get to that later. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so again, I'm just, it's just being a lot more aware in paying attention when I hear myself saying things like that Yeah. and showing myself self-compassion and um, realizing that, you know, I'm never going to get back my old body that I used to have. The body I have is the body that I have. Yeah. And same body is going to be the one I have in 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah. You know, so slow down, take care of what needs uh, caring for. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Anna and I were talking earlier, but you know, a continuous conversation that we constantly have is just how yoga can really be a tool to help you begin to kind of strip away the outside voices and be able to listen to yourself and what your own body is telling you. So I really like that. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's tying together, I think what you mentioned earlier about how your yoga practice, you've developed the ability to listen to your body more and respond. And that's translated for you off the mat. And I can definitely see that in what you were just sharing where you're catching those thoughts, which I think that yoga helps with. And then thinking like, okay, how do I actually want to respond in this moment? And doing that with compassion where you're not giving yourself a hard time, but you're just like, oh, here's the thought. Now, how do I want to move forward? Right. So I know you mentioned when you were talking about the beginning of your yoga practice that you never felt like it should be a daily thing. So I'm curious about if there have been times where you felt like you should or whatever be doing more yoga or different yoga or whatever. And if that is a feeling that you've had in the past, I'm wondering how you feel about it. Now, if those thoughts come up, how do you respond? Is it similar? Is it different? Hmm. Um, (laughs) honestly, I think when I was doing yoga teacher training was the first time I really started thinking about doing yoga every day. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's because some of the other students were, were trying to make that a practice Mm -hmm. interested in, in trying that out. And, um, I don't know. It just, it just, it just never really quite connected for me as far as officially getting on my mat and moving around. And, um, it, it felt like something that I should do and <laughs> getting back to personality types. <laughs> Gretchen Rubin has her four different, uh, types and one of them is called the rebel, mm-hmm. where as soon as you tell somebody that you have to do something, they're totally not going to do it. 
Uh-huh. And so as soon as I told myself that I had to, oh, man, all bets were off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get You're like, um, I'll show you. I'll never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Just about. Just about. Um, but <laughs> once I got kind of past the whole, you know, should do versus want to do, um, I did get back into a more regular physical practice. And then... Um, dramatic twist (laughs) about a year and a half ago, I got some really bad vertigo. Mm. Um, yeah. And this was while I was, while I was still teaching. Um, (laughs) and suddenly like, I can't do things like bend over or turn my head or do a twist or flat back. Like all the things that you typically do in a yoga class. Right. Um, so that definitely affected my, my physical practice for sure. Mm-hmm. And I still, sometimes it'll, uh, I'm kind of hesitant if I go to a class and have to turn, you know, have to turn my head or do a twist. I'm never quite sure if it's going to come back to me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So you've really had to use all those skills you were talking about to figure out, okay, what, not only what does my practice need to look like, but when is a good time for me to do it versus not. Um, Cause right. I think when we're taking this long view of practice, like you've been talking about, then there's just going to be times that you're not on your mat and that's fine. Right. It's, yeah. it's about meeting the needs that you have in that moment. Right. And also getting past the whole ego thing of, well, gosh, I'm the biggest person in this class. So I, you know, I better show everybody that I can do this. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's, that was a tough one to let go of. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think so many of us experience that. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, part of me really loves Instagram and the way that, um, a lot of plus size yogis are becoming very visible. Mm. But then part of me is like, oh, God, now they're going to expect all of us to be able to do all of those physical contortions (laughs) to be that athletic. And sure, maybe when I was 18, but I can't do that now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. It's good. So what advice do you have for people who either don't know how to get started or feel stuck with their yoga or body acceptance practice? Hmm. Well, definitely go to curvyyoga.com. <laughs> we paid her to say that. That's right. <laughs> hey, does this mean I get a free subscription now? <laughs> I'll talk um, offline. <laughs> well, actually, though, that, that was a big step for me personally because I was, you know, I was taking random yoga classes at studios and the gym and I was um, trying to get back on again with my practice. And so I was doing some yoga journal videos, I think, um, that I downloaded through Amazon prime. And I was, I was trying to do the, I was trying to follow along with the class and I realized, Oh, hold on. My arms are too short to do that. And it finally (laughs) occurred to me, like the problem wasn't, you know, my, my size or my weight. The problem was that the class didn't account for the fact that people just have different proportions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And I had remembered seeing something on Twitter with the handle Kirby Yoga. And I was like, when I saw it, I was like, oh, I can, that sounds great. And so I, I thought to myself, I wonder if that Kirby Yoga person has <laughs> videos or something. And it turns out that Kirby Yoga person did. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, I could actually relate to them. And I didn't have to be a gymnast. Um, and I could kind of go as far as I wanted to or needed to within that practice. Um, so yeah, for somebody just starting, I would say that's a fantastic place to get started. That's good. Yeah. Thank you for that plug. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, you know, underlying that is really what are your particular needs as a person and your body and finding what can work for that. I feel like that is one of the great things about how many different yoga teachers there are and how many different types of yoga and all of that kind of thing. Yeah. And if you, you know, if you're, if you're trying yoga and you go to a class and it's not, and you don't like it, try a different type of class. Yes. Totally. They're they're totally not all the same. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. In fact, they're often very different. You know, it's like between the teacher and their personality and what they like to teach and then all the different styles. There really are a lot of different kind of amalgamations of what a yoga class could be. That's true. Definitely. So tell us about your private and small group classes and anything else you might like to share with folks. Um. Well, I am available for one-on-one um, or one-on-a-few, although that sounds a little weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, instruction. Um, I, was, I was teaching at a studio for a little while, but um, honestly, between the vertigo and I also have fibromyalgia, um, I decided to give myself physically a break mm-hmm. from having to be committed to showing up at a certain time every week. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I am available by appointment. If you want to learn how to make a traditional yoga class work for your body, mm-hmm. I, I would love to meet with you and give you pointers. If you are brand new to yoga and terrified of, you know, what, what do what should I expect when I go to a yoga class? I've totally got your back. Um, Love it. <laughs> or if you already have a practice and you just want to learn how to make modifications or how to deepen your practice, or you just want somebody to practice with you, um, I'm, I'm available. Hit me up. Great. Yeah, Greensboro area people. Check her out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we will share all your info so people can get in touch with you. And thank you so much for everything you shared and for this conversation. You're welcome. I'm so glad I got to talk to you both. Uh, It was so good to talk to you. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. 
And we're back. I have a resource for you this week. Um, It's someone for you to follow on Instagram. You know, these are my favorite resources. But uh, one person that I love to follow, her Instagram name is Love Ronnie. It's just L-O-V-E-R-O-N-N-I-E. And she is a yoga teacher. Um, And yeah, I just really love following her. I love reading her captions. I love her pictures. So she would be a great person to have Um, pop up in your feed once in a while if you need some encouragement um, or some yoga inspiration. She's really wonderful. Um, And on to my gratitude for the week. So I feel like I'm really thankful for a lot of things. And I feel like this is something that maybe I've been grateful for before. But you can never be too grateful for something, right? Um, I'm super grateful this week just for um, community and uh, people being responsive to opportunities to give and support people around them, sometimes um, even supporting people that they don't know and that they'll never meet, but just people's willingness to step up and um, care for their neighbors and meet needs. Um, I've been able to see a lot of that this week. Um, And it always brings me a lot of joy and um, kind of reestablishes my hope uh, when things get hard. And then you kind of see that and go, okay, like we can, we can like come together and maybe the big picture feels overwhelming, but um, we can come together and kind of deal with things that are happening in our backyard. And I needed that this week and I got it. And so I am super thankful for that. And I hope that if you need something like that this week, that you will seek it out and find it. Um, and that you will get to experience joy from that. We are going to take one deep breath together to close. Inhale. And exhale. The light in me honors the light in you. Namaste. Namaste.